So, when did counseling stop being about problem solving? Well, not anymore. Introducing solution-focused counseling with the unlicensed counselor. And now, here's your host, Steve Moak. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Unlicensed Counselor. My name is Steve Moak. I am The Unlicensed Counselor, as always, so grateful to be here on still just a touch too warm, just a touch too warm here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's like I wake up in the morning and, and I think I can put something long sleeve on and then I walk outside and I look at the weather and I'm like, oh, it's still going to be 100 today. We are so close, so close to turning the corner on this. But a uh, beautiful day to be alive, as always. Got some fun stuff we're going to talk about. If you're watching on video, evidently I went with an orange shirt today. You don't see that very often. I was getting a little crap in studio here beforehand. But yes, it's for Halloween, okay? It is Halloween coming up. Thought we'd get into the spirits of thing a little, little bit early. But uh, also some good news, the Diamondbacks play again today. We've lost the first two. We've been smoked by our friends in Philadelphia, so hoping we can turn that around. But always an optimist, right? If you take anything away from the unlicensed council, let's try and be a little bit more optimistic, right? So I uh, want to talk a little bit about some boundaries today as well, too. You know, what are some examples of boundaries? And then one of the things, how to enforce boundaries for people who maybe do not listen or respect them. Kind of those habitual boundary steppers, I like to call them, right? We probably all have those in our life. Took me eh, a couple decades in my life to realize I've had some habitual boundary steppers in my life and uh, you know what the action that you have to do to kind of create a little bit of separation. We'll break that down over the course of the show today as well. But before we get into that, as always, want to run through and thank you to all of our sponsors. First, our friends at ShareTech. Look, you've been listening. You've heard me talk about it. If you need a drug or alcohol screen, Google ShareTech. Find them, go order it. It's the same tests that are being used at the leading outpatient treatment centers across the country. You can use that same test. They wouldn't trust it to any Amazon test or Walgreens or CVS or little strip that you put in a cup and hope that it gives you an accurate kind of turning of the color. Oh, am I pregnant or am I not pregnant? No, we need a little bit more data than that. The ShareTech test is sent off to a lab and it is analyzed and those results sent back to you. It is the most accurate confidential and trustworthy test available on the market. Trust me, if you need a drug and alcohol screen, use the share tech screen. Next up, our friends at Easy Sheets. Look, again, like I always say, it's almost 2024. Have you rethought your betting? You probably spent two, three, four, five, who knows, $1,000 on your mattress, right? These mattresses have gotten out of control. It's like, you know, more expensive than buying a used car these days. What, what kind of sheets are you putting on this thing? You going to Walmart and picking up a pair or just an Amazon cheapie? No. Look, find a new way to sleep comfortably. Go to easysheets.club, professionally cleaned and pressed. You can change them out, change the color, change the style. Starts at 50 bucks a month. Go to easysheets.club. You or whoever's sleeping next to you will thank me later. And then as always, the, uh, the nonprofit work that I'm doing for youth drug abuse prevention, go to the stopstartshere.org, find out who we are, what we're doing. We'd love a little donation from you as well. But even more, if you don't want to write a check or donate a couple bucks to us, follow us at Hard Stop Official. That's gonna, you're going to find us on Instagram, TikTok, uh, all, Facebook, all the usual places. You're going to find some really interesting, cool, edgy content. This is something I'm very passionate about. Please just take a second, cost you nothing to follow us, Hard Stop Official. 
right? So interesting stuff. So, you know, let's, let's dig into boundaries a little bit more today, right? So let's, let's take a pause and let's think of somebody in our life that could be family, could be friend, could be husband, wife, could be kids, could be neighbor, whoever that is, coworker, right? You know, we get a lot of that in the workplace as well, too. Let's, as I'm talking about boundaries, you know, take a second, wherever this, this voice is hitting you in your car, at the gym, whatever, and think about whoever that person is that maybe is that habitual boundary crosser, right? And let's have that in mind so we can start to think about maybe a strategy on, you know, how to deal with that and then maybe what it is that they're doing that's kind of continuously irritating us. But I saw a quote online, and forgive me, I don't have uh, I don't have the name of it as well, too. I just scratched it in my pre-show notes as I was doing a little bit of research. But it said, boundary setting helps you prioritize your needs over other people's wants. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of like that. You know, as I do a little show prep and I'm digging around for stuff, I'm trying to find things that, that kind of resonate with me, and hopefully they resonate with you. If you're subscribed to this podcast, and I hope you do, um, you know, maybe there's some, you know, some similarities in the way that we think here. So I just thought that that was interesting. Boundary setting helps you prioritize your needs over other people's wants. And I have gotten lost in the mix of that over the years. And, and it's oftentimes, you know, those dominant personalities tend to kind of oftentimes push boundaries and things like that. And then depending on what your personality types, and maybe you're a people pleaser and things like that, you kind of allow that, or maybe you don't even recognize that it's necessarily going on, or maybe it was something that was happening when you were younger and now you're older, you're adults, and you're still seeing that same dynamic in place. And now you're going, oh, wow, I don't, a, I don't think I like this. B, I now recognize that this person's continuously overstepping their boundaries and maybe I need to set those. And how do I then enforce that? And what does that look like? And, and it's take, it took me some time, right? It took me some time to kind of do that. And then the ugly part kind of comes in is if that person continues to do so, right? All right, now what do I do? It's like, okay, maybe I've communicated clearly what I what I'm what my boundary is and they keep pushing that over. Well, what steps are you prepared to take? Now things could get a little uncomfortable. Right? Now things get a little uncomfortable. But before we get into all breaking down that game film, let me just mow down kind of a list of what examples of boundaries are, right? And again, this could be loved ones, it could be coworkers, right? You know, we really want to have healthy and respectful relationships and establishing and maintaining those boundaries are part of healthy relationships. You know, as again, as I was doing show prep, one of the terms that came back, you know, in terms of boundaries and relationships is that they should be mutually satisfying. Right. And I thought that was an interesting way. Again, I you think about these things, but when you do a little show prep for something like this, you kind of, you know, dig into it a little bit deeper and you go, OK, well, that that's an interesting term. And I thought for my own well-being, it really should be mutually satisfying as we have, have how have we set up these boundaries. So let me dig into these and just, and again, mow down the list of kind of what I'm talking about. And the first one is kind of a personal space boundary, right? So, you know, the way that you want to talk about this is you need to communicate your need for some personal space, right? This could be time to yourself. This could be your self-care. And this is where we need to be clearly communicating what these boundaries are. 
One of the things that I've been guilty of in a lot of areas of my life is expecting other people to be a mind reader, right? I'm like, oh, you know me. We've been together. We've dated. We're family, but, but we're friends. Like, you should know who I am, how I think. You should, but, 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 but. Eh, wrong. Can't be like that. It's got to be clearly communicated out. Otherwise, you, you really, it's not the other person's fault. It could be a little bit their fault if they're just that kind of demanding and aggressive. But in all honesty, you need to be able to have said, hey, I asked you and this is kind of where I draw the line and that. So in an example like this, it'd be like, look, politely ask for some alone time. And I would hope that you can respect that request. You know, just let your partner know that you need some alone time to read or to relax or listen to the unlicensed counselor podcast without interruptions. Right. I mean, that's that's just kind of the bare minimum. That's why it's number one on my list. But again, just that physical proximity. Look, I mean, uh, you know, it could be living in close quarters and, you know, spend a lot of time together. But I do think it's important to have a little bit of separation in that alone time as well, too. And to have it go uninterrupted. It can't be like, oh, hey, I'm doing this. And then you're texting him the entire time. Right. Or something like that. You know, got to have that little alone time and being able to respect that. So another example of a boundary as well, too, would be those emotional boundaries, right? So we need to be able to express those emotional boundaries to the people that we care and love, right? So you need to be able to communicate clearly and honestly if something is maybe somebody's being overly critical, how that's making you feel. You have to be able to express these types of things and let that other person know or maybe provide some constructive feedback on like, hey, when you say this, it makes me feel this. And if we if you could, you know, not say that or I, it makes me uncomfortable, can we please stop that? Whatever the example is that you need to find your emotional boundaries, but you need to be able to kind of draw a line there and understand that. There needs to be a little bit of space as we're talking about our emotional boundaries. You need to be able to, again, clearly state that. Otherwise, this person may just continue the, the same behavior, not even knowing that they're kind of pushing the boundary on kind of how you engage with them emotionally. Right. So the next up on my list was communication boundaries. Right. This is just kind of a nuts and bolts of like, hey, I like I like it when you write me a note. I like it when you text me. I like for us to go out for coffee or dinner once a week and be able to kind of talk and make sure we level set on what's going on. So in all honesty, just how you like to communicate. What is your style, right? I don't like it when I come home from work and get pounded with, you know, just a, you know, just, just a barrage of requests, right? When you open the door. I also can get a little frustrated from time to time if I have to continually repeat myself as well, too, right? That's just one of the ticks that I have as well, too. So maybe yours is you don't like discussing work issues over dinner, right? So if you could maybe kindly request to have those conversation at another point in time, right? Figure out, take a few minutes, think about how you like to be communicated and then have that conversation with your loved one or friend or family or whoever it is and then see if you can set out on a new path because now you're going to be you know meeting each other where you're at all right next up i had you know kind of the respect for each other's individual's choices right you know we need to have some autonomy in this world and we need to be able to respect each other's choices right 
You know, there's a lot of examples we could cite right now with vaccinations or political things, and I'm not even going to go there. But it is things like that that you need to be able to discuss and respect the other person's kind of point of view. Now, look, I, I understand in those examples are very divisive, divisive. I hear it said both ways. I never know who's right. But you need to be able to, you know, respect whatever the choice is. Maybe this person wants to go to church. Maybe they like to eat like this or have a diet like this. Whatever it is, communicate around that so other person isn't just left hanging, right? Even if you disapprove of that choice. And you just need to be able to kind of reinforce the, the support that you have for, hey, we're still friends. We still love each other. We still whatever. But... I need to be able to have this opinion and you can have that opinion, right? So being able to respect each other's individual choices. The next up is I had financial boundaries kind of on my list as well too. You know, if you're in a relationship or marriage and kind of what that shared financial responsibilities looks like and let's set those expectations and that should probably be done before you get married. You know, I've seen enough people where maybe it just goes unsaid or people just again mind read and think it's one thing, you get into something and it's another thing, right? How you like to pay bills, how you like to spend, how you save, how you go on vacation, what types of vacation, what does the budget look like? I mean, all of these things, right? You know, are we splitting it 50-50? Do we have joint bank accounts? Do we keep separate bank accounts? Whatever it is, is perfectly fine. Be sure that you're communicating around what those financial boundaries look like, right? You need to agree on how funds should be spent or maybe any significant expenditures ahead of time. You just don't want people getting lopsided, right? And these financial things, it's a hot button topic, right? You know, it's a hot button topic and people could get sideways very quickly if you're not on the same page on, on kind of how you operate. And people operate very differently out there in the world, you know, with credit card debt or not. And, you know, it's a whole thing. So let's just make sure that we're, we're tackling the financial boundaries as well, too. Next up on the list, I had social boundaries. So, you know, how do you like to spend your time with your loved one, your friend, your family, your partner? Do you like to be on the go constantly? Do you like to have a full social calendar, right? Where you're every weekend, you've got a party, an event, a fundraiser, a black tie, a blah, blah, blah. Are you going on trips? Or do you like to stay home, kind of read a book, be together as a couple? Maybe it's just a road trip together, you know? Be sure that you're discussing what this stuff looks like, because if one person's constantly wanting to go out and the other person kind of wants to be at home and play with the dogs, I mean, you're going to create some tension in that household. Right. And let's make sure, you know, black tie events and fundraisers are nice every once in a while. Some people like to get dressed up and do it. But let's let's talk about that and make sure that one person is not pushing constantly someone into these social settings that maybe they're not thrilled about or maybe they've changed over time imagine that that maybe people are dynamic and they have changed maybe they used to be so maybe you had the conversation early on but now you probably need to revisit that conversation and now you're 44 years old and make sure that you know going out to old town every weekend isn't high on your priority list right that could be a whole other conversation as well too it's right over the shoulder here Next up on the list, you know, for all those parents that are out there, you know, parenting boundaries. And look, I've talked about co-parenting and even, you know, examples of parenting when I was married with my ex-wife and what that looks like. You know, but this is an important one. And this is one that really impacted my marriage to the point of, you know, I'm not going to say 
it was the reason for dissolution, but you know, it was certainly a contributing factor to it. But making sure that we have rules, those are enforced consistently, they're enforced by both parents, right? But making sure you're on the same page of those things. If one parent's stricter about bedtime and the other one's giving them lollipops and letting them wash the tablet, probably not gonna work. You need to make sure, in my opinion, that you have a united front on how you're you're going about parenting these things because, you know, those kids learn very quickly, you know, the divide and conquer type of thing, right? And I'm not even talking about in divorce families. I'm just talking about in, you know, kind of your traditional quote unquote family where if that if mom knows that if the kids know mom, you can get away with staying up a little bit later and dad's kind of a hard ass and wanting the kids to get to bed and things like that. If you're not in sync on these things. I mean, you could be opening yourself up for some stress. And again, maybe you've had these conversations in the past, but maybe you need to revisit them. Maybe the kids are a little bit older. Things have changed, their attitudes, behaviors, and it could be all positive, right? That we can be a little bit more lenient and things like that. But revisiting the communication around these and seeing where you're at, and it doesn't mean you have to be 100% in lockstep, but make some adjustments given upon how you feel and what your boundary for parenting and rules and eating. And, you know, do you have to clean your plate and things like that? You know, I grew up in a world where it was like, you had to clean your plate at dinner. I was born in Kentucky, raised in Ohio, lived out here for the last 30 years. But it's like, I had these... I don't know if it's like a Midwestern value thing where it's like, clean your plate. There's kids in you know Africa that are starving. And it's like, I've carried that forward. And now it's like, well, is that really something that I need to be doing? Because I felt like I initially kind of started that. And then I started to kind of challenge why, why, why do I need to even kind of enforce it? So again, imagine that people change over time. So continuing to think and revisit these, I think is an important thing as well too. Ooh, here's a fun one. Extended family, right? Extended family. We all have extended family. Um, uh, <laughs> good, bad, and indifferent, right? You know, how, how, when, what are we going to do with our, our extended family members? How are we going to balance that time? How are we going to see your family? How are we going to see my family, right? Who are we doing Thanksgiving or Christmas? And, you know, how are we managing all these schedules, right? If your family lives in town and maybe they're dropping in all the time or unannounced or, you know, maybe we need to schedule regular visits or maybe whatever it is, your schedule and how you manage your ex extended family is up to you. But I would imagine there's going to be some differences on how you would like to approach that. And let's making sure that we're kind of communicating and setting boundaries of, hey, your mom drops in all the time, you know, kind of unannounced. And look, I'm trying to get the kids out the door. I got to get them over to dance. I got sports and practice and homework. And she's here and we're talking. She's sweet. But come on, like, can we work on this a little bit? And you may think it's just great, like your wife's getting this extra help, but that may not be how it's actually landing, right? So let's think about our good old extended family and how we can set some boundaries. And look, those are kind of, you know, tip of the iceberg type things. I can go a lot deeper on family and boundaries there as well, too. Maybe you're going on a trip together and you're going to stay in one place together. Who's paying for it? How much time? How long? You know, who's you know, dad likes to tip it back a little too much. How do we how do we manage all that kind of stuff? So, again, most of these things can be resolved, but it's really up to you, your spouse, your loved one, whomever, to kind of get together and make sure that you have those boundaries set. And then we'll talk about how to enforce those boundaries here in just a minute. 
Here's one that I learned a little bit later in life as well, too. It's okay to say no, right? It's okay to say no. Just two simple letters can change your stress level, the anxiety level, so many things. But having that conversation with your loved ones, significant other, or even within your family, that it's okay to say no, you know, when necessary, right? If you're overwhelmed with commitments, you got too much going on, the anxiety, the stress, whatever it is, you're allowed to politely decline things, right? You don't have to be a jerk about it. You can say, look, I'd love to. I can't. Like just work, stress, kids, finance, whatever it is, you're allowed you're politely allowed to say no. But again, make sure that you're talking to your loved one about that and be like, look, we got too much on our plate right now, right? We've got to start dialing this down a little bit. I know you want to go to every party and every event and every fundraiser and you want to put the tux on or the dress on and go out to these fun things. We got too much time. We're spending too much time on the weekend. The kids are getting raised by the babysitter. I think we gotta. I think we gotta say no to a few things, or be more, you know, picky about the things that we do want to go do. So just being able to say no is a great way to set a boundary. But let's make sure we're monitoring the tone in which. No, you know, we don't need to be. You know, that tone and how you use that no too is a whole other art as well too so let's just be cognizant of that as well too last thing on my list of just kind of things to set boundaries or to be aware of boundaries is around technology right you know within the family you know and technology is actually helping itself a little bit you know on the youtube kids app that we have we've got you know like little timers and things that we can set there's parental controls on your you know tv there's all kinds of things that kind of help us use those, right? The timer on the phone and what they can't. There's apps that you can install that monitor and limit where they can go and things like that. So getting together and making sure that you have set and discussed some boundaries on that and what that looks like, I think is is great. You know, for me, I don't like devices at the dinner table, right? I just, again, old old boomer over here you know, Midwest guy, whatever. I just, that's kind of the time. And heck, I don't even know if people even have the traditional dinner time anymore, but maybe you can at least shoot for it once a week, but that could be a whole other podcast on its own. But, you know, in my house, when we're sitting down for dinner, I'd like to have a little uh, little tablet-free or phone-free time. So again, those are just kind of some examples of things to be aware of that if you're not currently setting some boundaries on, or maybe you did at one point in time, but it seems like you may have you know, gotten away from a little bit. Maybe it's time to revisit that question with your loved one, friends, family, wife, spouse, whomever it is, and, uh, and kind of check in and see, see where you're at on some of those boundaries. Well, right. It's an important, it's, I would say crucial part of kind of having healthy relationships is making sure that these boundaries are communicated, uh, they're consistent, they're in mute, they're enforced, right? And I like that term kind of mutually satisfying as, as well too. So I just think we want to make sure that we're openly kind of discussing these things as well and any violations that could come up as well too. And speaking of violations of boundaries, that habitual line stepper pusher person. So if we're still thinking about that person in our life, right? Let's talk about how to enforce those boundaries for someone who does not listen or does not respect them, right? Those fun folks in our life that we all have, right? So, you know, let's just talk about it. So 
First things first, we need to be clear and specific when we're setting these boundaries, right? So, and I'm saying, I'm talking about be explicit and specific. Use I statements to express your feelings and preferences so the other person understands your perspective, right? Be clear, right? Don't leave any gray area or any wishy-washy where they may think that you're saying one thing and you were saying another thing. Be direct, be clear, be specific, right? Let's, because look, again, like I said earlier, if we're not being clear and specific on these things, they may not even know that they're pushing our buttons or overstepping the boundaries all the time. And again, this could be decades long. And now that you're looking to set this boundary, that's probably going to ruffle some feathers, right? People still use that phrase. I don't know. I, I don't care. I'm still going to use it. Maybe I'll bring it back. Um, so next up, I would say be consistent. Consistency is extremely important in maintaining your boundaries. If you let them slide occasionally, that person may not take you all that seriously, right? So if you're if you you set your boundary, right? Hey, I don't. I, I would really prefer it if you would if you would not say that or would not talk to me like that. And then they go in, and maybe they go a couple days and they do it, and then they kind of slide into it and they're repeating the same boundary stepping behavior that you're trying to hopefully get rid of. You need to be able to hold that line every single time. Otherwise, you're just going to backslide, right? And they're going to slide back into that behavior and you're going to start feeling the way that you were feeling previously. And now we're back to zero. So, right? Be consistent in maintaining your boundaries. Next up, consequences. Fun one, right? Nobody likes to have to do this, but this is where, you know, kind of that healthiness of that autonomy, the things that we need is people who've maybe been pushed around by people who don't respect your boundaries. You need to be able to start by clearly communicating the consequences of boundary violations, right? Let that person know what's going to happen if they continue to push or disregard your boundaries. And here's the other part. You got to be prepared to follow through with these consequences, right? So on the consequences thing, let's not make them crazy consequences that you are very unlikely to enforce, right? If it needs to be simple and clear, but it's something that you, it, it in a lot of ways, it's kind of like parenting as well, too. It's like, well, if you say that you're going to take your way a tablet or send them to their room or whatever it is that you choose to parent, then you have to do it. And you, you can't, because they're going to pick up on it right away that if you're just all talk and no follow through, right, there goes your boundaries being walked right over. So you've got, but make sure and think it through before you're put in the situation of what that consequence can be as well, too. And make sure it's something that's actually enforceable, right? And think it through, think it through. So this isn't just like a knee jerk kind of reaction. Next up is stay calm and assertive. When the person disrespects your boundaries, remain calm and assertive in your response, right? Okay, so I've had some experience in this area, right? Uh, I've also had some experience in not doing the right thing as you're responding to your boundaries being overstepped as well too. Steve-O's old response would be angry, aggressive, escalation, right? So maybe I did all of the first couple things, right? And specific, consistent, consequences, boundary gets pushed. What the hell do you think you're doing? What are you do, 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 And snapping and biting somebody's head off, right? And it's like, okay, well, there you go. No, that's not, that's not the right way to do it. So what's the right way to do it? They push your boundary. Let's stay calm. Let's remain calm. Let's be assertive in our response. 
and let's reinforce kind of the boundaries that we've already set and if if need be kind of get back into the consequences i wouldn't say we'd have to go there every single time but if if the situation warrants it i would so again the lesson here is let's not just snap and bite somebody's head off and go right to angry mode because somebody continues to do this. We've got to kind of do the work on ourselves so that when that happens, and maybe you almost need to kind of expect it, you know, because sometimes when I don't expect it is when my responses can get short and a little bit edgier, but it's like, okay, they're probably going to do this. Let's make sure that we don't do it. So when you're, you get into these situations, you kind of have a level head about how to do this, right? And this ties into the next point of being able to r- repeat your boundaries, right? Reiterate it if you need to, right? You know, maybe they didn't hear it right. Maybe they didn't understand that you were being serious this time around about your needs. And I think a gentle reminder in reinforcing your boundaries, that's going to start to move the needle a little bit, right? Hey, we, we talked about this. Like, I'm being serious. Like, when you say this, when you do this, it does X, Y, and Z for me, and I would appreciate it if we could not do it. Whatever it is, and again, saying it with the right tone as well, too. Now, I told you so. What are you doing? You know, I'm pissed, right? Like, that's not the behavior that we're looking for as we're going through this, right? Look, another thing to do if somebody's, again, that habitual line step, let's find some support, right? Maybe that's somebody else within the family, right? Maybe it's a therapist. They can probably provide some advice. I would suggest the unlicensed counselor, but that's just me, right? But whomever it is, maybe they can provide some different perspective on the situation as well too, or provide some guidance because every situation is a little bit unique and maybe there's a new way or thought or idea on how to approach this with somebody who could be, you know, kind of continuously pushing these boundaries, right? But then the next, the next thing on my list is, you know, we got to set some limits, right? If that, if that person continues to push your boundaries, right? You may need to set some limits on your interaction with them. So this is kind of progressing down the list of kind of things that we do. And you'll find, you know, what the last on the list is, right? But maybe you just need to kind of dial back the amount of time that you're with that person, right? The interactions, limit the contact, limit the amount of texting or messaging or phone calls, and let that should hopefully start to send a little bit stronger message about the boundaries that you've hopefully already clearly discussed with that individual. And now you're kind of using other tools by limiting your interactions with them as well. I think a great one is also kind of using nonverbal cues as well too, such as body language, right? That could potentially help reinforce some in this. You know, maybe we need to step back, maintain some, some eye contact. You know, that could kind of signal a little bit of discomfort as well too. Maybe they're not used to that. Maybe they're used to kind of steamrolling you as well too. And now as you're asserting yourself a little bit more, using some of these nonverbal strategies to kind of address this, I think they're going to start to get the picture a little bit that you're a little more serious maybe this time around about your boundaries and how you intend to stick to them and reinforce them, right? Now, again, as we progress down this list, next up would be detach emotionally. In some cases, you may need to emotionally detach from this person who just continues to disrespect your boundaries. This doesn't mean cutting them out of your life completely yet, but creating some emotional distance from that individual will and should help protect your well-being as well, too. So, again, just kind of pulling back a little bit. We don't have to be mean. We don't even necessarily have to tell them that we're doing it, but you are protecting your sanity, your healthy, your well-being. We slowly start to detach a little bit emotionally and pull back. Again, 
as we've tried all these other things and have find they're either working or not working, this is that next step in that pro pro progression as well, too. And look, if these things are continually progressing as well, too, again, consider that professional help. You know, get to that counselor as well, a mediator, a therapist, a counselor, so that they can kind of help facilitate discussions like this as well, too. But really, you know, last up on the list is the ultimatum. Right. It is the ultimatum. It's kind of the, this is the crescendo that we've been building to. Right. And this should really be used as a last resort. You've asked, you've reinforced, you've done all of these things that we've just discussed here. But this relation is toxic. It's making you feel worse every single time you're engaged in this. You've communicated clearly. You've used I statements. You've set your boundaries and nothing changes and that person keeps going and they keep doing the things that continue to step the boundaries that habitual steamroller that line stepper whatever it is that it is you need and probably should start to reconsider that relationship and look an ultimatum that says we may have to end this relationship doesn't mean it has to be forever right but look I need some space. I've asked you, I've communicated exactly what I'm feeling about this relationship and how it's making me feel because of X, Y, and Z thing that you're doing. I need to step back. I need a break from this. I'll let you know if, if we'd like to re-engage and see if we can pick back up. You know, your relationship's important to me, but right now I need some time and space because this just isn't working for me. That's a 100% okay thing to do in your life. Again, don't jump from step one to step 11 or 12 or whatever that is. Make sure that we're going down the list so that we don't have to get to that ultimatum standpoint, right? But if it gets to that point, it's okay to take a break. But don't think of it like it has to be a forever thing as well, too. Maybe you just need a little time and then you can reengage. See if that person has maybe you know, done a little work, maybe had a different change of perspective or situation and is coming back in kind of a different mindset, right? So... Look, boundary stuff, boundary work, not easy, challenging, hard, especially with individuals who you maybe you've been engaged in these patterns for decades, right? For decades, right? But you've got to be able to pr prioritize your own needs and your own well-being is essential, right? So just think about all these things. In the beginning of the show, I asked you to kind of pick out somebody in your mind to think about, you know, who maybe who is in your world of what that line stepper boundary pusher is. Think about this. Maybe you can share this podcast. Hit those three little dots and uh, share this episode directly with somebody. Be like, look, you know, we've talked about this. Maybe listen to this unlicensed counselor guy for 30 minutes and uh, let's let's talk about this. Grab a cup of coffee, grab dinner and, and, and have a discussion around this, right? Non-threatening, easy. Maybe this can help kickstart a conversation as well too. But you know what? Share it with a friend. See where it goes. You never know. Maybe this will, maybe this will help that conversation. So, Hey, good stuff. That was a fun one. It's been on my mind, been meaning to get to this topic over the last few weeks here. Glad we spent a little bit of time to do it. That's it. That's all we got today. My name is Steve Moak. I am the unlicensed counselor. Until next time, thank you very much.